0: Oh my gosh, you have so much yeah. more notes than me. I, oh, sorry, no, this is it.
1: Okay. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I've got a sermon prepared. <laughs> Excuse me. You literally spent hours preparing this.
0: I'm like, you know what? We'll just wing it. You just wing it. this conversation. It's All right, fine. for the next
1: 40 minutes, sit back, relax for an hour of Nicole. Nicole's actually taking over this podcast. <laughs> hey there. Welcome to the Brave Babe Podcast,
0: where we talk about how to live bravely in your God-given calling. I'm your host, Sarah Gallegos. Let's dive into today's show. So how long have we actually
1: been friends? We have been friends... It's been 84 years. Just kidding. (laughs) It's been eighty four years years. with the Titanic. Um, Um, because we didn't really meet at Rayma. We did a little because sometimes you would sometimes you would come to the Starbucks gang. I I do not
0: remember our first interaction. Me neither. I remember really getting to know you working at Red
1: Rock together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we knew each other from like mutual friends. Yeah, You knew people that I knew and we were both like separately friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I remember moving over to Red Rock because another one of our mutual friends had moved from the restaurant we were at there and I followed her, I think, knowing that you were already there and we sort of had like an in because you worked there. So I think that's been... Yeah, it's been... Seven eight years, I think. I think so
0: too. Cause we graduated in ten. Twenty nope twelve. No, Twenty twelve. And I stayed. Yeah. No? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we both stayed another year. Correct. Right. In Tulsa. Because yeah. I went to Victory mm-hmm. and then you um Did you do a third year at REMA?
1: No, but I stayed an extra year, just like you. Mm -hmm. I knew I was, at the time, moving back to Michigan, where I came from, Um, but I needed like an extra year to just get finances together, get it saved up to move, figure out what I was going to do, things like that. So I just needed that buffer time.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do remember all of that. You were in
1: pastoral ministry, right? No, which one did you do? Yeah, no, I did do that. Okay. And I, looking back, I regret that a lot now. Yeah. Because I never felt called to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were, I never read any scriptures that popped out to me that that was like my calling. Um, but nothing else seemed... Like, I didn't want to be a missionary. I knew that. I wasn't a worship leader. Like, we just, it's clear as day. You can't fake that one. You know, like, you can't just. You'd be surprised. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So, I just knew that wasn't in the cards. And evangelism to me seemed so outside of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. that I just don't think I was willing to be stretched that way. So, pastoral seemed like. Well, that kind of, I guess, makes sense if I feel called into ministry, but I don't feel called to go out as in, you know, missions. I'm not moving to Uganda. Um, So yeah, I took pastoral um, and looking back, I was like, why did I not do evangelism? Like what an (laughs) idiot, you know, because not only had I moved on to a church that gave me the opportunity to become a a pastor, I went through the track for like a year and told them no. <laughs> yeah. Because I just I could I could not justify it within myself to stay on to become a pastor when I did not there's like a good weight and then there's like the weight outside of anointing. Mm. And mm-hmm. I just did not mm-hmm. I was already counting the cost of carrying the weight outside of anointing. And if you're not called and anointed to be A pastor, when we talk about the fivefold ministry, pastoral um, vocation, I just, it wasn't worth it to me. I already was sort of burnt out, but I knew that that was going to be too much. And I hated the entire training process once I got to doing it at my church. So Mm -hmm. I should have done evangelism. Isn't that what you did? That is what I did. Yeah, I should have done that.
0: I had a pretty, well, because I, I it felt like the most natural for me because in my head I was like I'm going to be Joyce Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like I'm for sure going to be her. Yes. So yep. I just felt like traveling ministry was what I wanted to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, it just it just made the most sense. But I did think about doing missions because I for a long time thought that I was going to go on the mission field, okay? And I was really open to it. But just never felt. I mean, I I really tried to move out of America. <laughs> <laughs> I really tried to do that. Let me out. I, <laughs> I was like, I was in high school. I remember like emailing missionaries and being like, what do you need? Mm. <laughs> or like writing them letters, like, I want to do this. Wow. And I just didn't, I didn't feel like the door opened. But I went on missions every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, it, It just didn't work out that way. Yeah. Um, You know, if God were to call us to do that in the future, you know, I'd be open to it. But I, I, you know, I just haven't felt that that's what it was. So I went into evangelism because I never really saw myself uh, locked down to one church. Mm -hmm. Like as far as being, you know, on... Pastoral staff, yeah. which ironically is what I did right out of school. <laughs> so, and I, I mean, that was a great season. Like I learned a lot from it, but I just, yeah. Evangelism was what I felt drawn to, um, which was, was really interesting. But I thought it was interesting too, because in Rhema, you really don't connect your second year with people in other tracks as much. Like you, you're really just in with the first years and then, you kind of separate after that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I, it was weird because I had friends in all different, all different years. Yeah. Um, But we were the same year. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we really connected that first year very much.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either.
0: We had different circle of friends.
1: And maybe that's why we didn't connect as much in second year either. And it took me coming to Red Rock yeah. where we served together because if you were in evangelism and I was over here in pastor, mm-hmm. you know, not knowing what the doing. The superior one. the pastor, was it? The pastors <laughs> were always like, I'm in the pastoral track. I was like, I don't know oh, what I'm doing here,
0: but
1: <laughs> <laughs> the superior ones. <laughs> like, oh, you're in pastors. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. There I was this one class is. I had where it was um, plantain, church planting, mm-hmm. and you had to create an entire plan To plant a church somewhere, any—I mean—from statistics of the city that you want to like go into and plant and serve. And I was actually so such a great class for people who actually want to do Mm -hmm. that. But for someone who wasn't even sure they wanted to be a pastor, yet alone plant their own church, (laughs) that would be so scary. It was—I copied and pasted from somewhere (laughs) on the internet. I don't even think I changed formatting, folks.
0: Plagiarism. I literally (laughs)
1: plagiarized, seriously. I was like, this, I think the instructor knew too. They were like, "Um." (laughs) I think their comment was something along the lines of like, you can tell this isn't what you feel called to do. I was like, you are absolutely right. (laughs) Because it was, I mean, I didn't even change formatting. I might have missed, you know how sometimes (laughs) when they do like a a little like A, you know, in parentheses or something to... Clue you into something below that's like a reference. I don't even know if I removed all of those, which are clear website links. I mean, I just, I didn't, I didn't care in that no class. Effort. I was like, this, no effort, no f's given because. Oh my god! I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing yet. Alone planning my own church. That's so funny. I know you barely it, lead me, and
0: and that's the thing, right? Like you hear, I had this like assumption of people in Bible school until I went to Bible school, mm-hmm. and. Next thing you know, I'm skipping third period and in the dean's office because I'm not sticking around for my classes. I'm just like playing hooky every Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> He's like, "What is the deal?" And I'm like, um, "It's boring, Dean. I yeah. <laughs> why? Why am I even in this class? It was like a legal class, which obviously uh, now I'm like, that's really helpful. That would be real. That's really helpful. But back then, I was like, this is for losers." <laughs> You know? And me and my quote unquote rebel
1: friends were like, let's get out of here. Yeah.
0: It's lunchtime.
1: I remember texting our two mutual friends, Adam and Steven, because they were our little like Starbucks group. Mm-hmm. And I remember our third period for this one class. It was the, now I love him as an instructor, but he was so old. Oh, yes. What was his name? Brian. Brian. I remember him. Right. I mean, very he knowledgeable. Was such a knowledgeable teacher, but his monotone was a killer know, for third I period. It, it. But that's the worst thing
0: because you can't have him as first period. Yeah, because you'll fall asleep. Right. And you can't have him for
1: third period because you're like, I. Yeah. My brain is. Full. And we had him for third, and so I would text him and be like lunch. <laughs> Do you want to dip? <laughs> and they'd be like, Nicole, we can't skip again. <laughs> I'm like, Dang it. Like and <laughs> We were like the bad You guys influences. were my rebel people. Help me. <laughs> That's awesome. Those were good days. Those were good days. I always wish that I could, knowing what I know now, I think I was just too young, too immature, had too many things that I felt shame over Totally. In, while in Bible school. And I think it really hindered my ability to take advantage of being there, um, I was still struggling in a lot of areas thinking that I could run away from, Yep. you know, like you follow yourself everywhere. So mm-hmm. it's not like leaving your problems behind is going to all of a sudden create this new utopia in this new city because <laughs> you're traveling with you. Right. And so all the issues that I had back in Michigan, I just carried with me thinking I was, Breaking away, doing something new after all my college, you know, partying. And that sort of just traveled with me. And so I'm in this Bible school that I'm paying for and just not maximizing it at all. And I really wish I could go back, except for I never would go back. I know. But you're just like, if I knew what I know now, I would probably pay attention, skip less. I know. It uh, Same because that
0: t- time of your life, I mean, you just don't know what you don't know. and Yeah. Yeah, I would have paid a lot different attention uh, in my classes than what I actually did. And, you know, yeah, it just would have been a totally different scenario, you know, not spent all my time looking for a husband or, <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, yeah. it's just... It, it, that's natural, but it just, yeah, I definitely would have handled that season of my life very differently
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, if I were to go back and do it now. And that's why school is appealing to me now because it's like, I, I don't know. I guess I just didn't really see the purpose of it back then. Yeah, I was just a cocky. <laughs> like, why do I need this? Yeah, I know this. I was yeah. raised in church or right. like whatever. You know, you just kind yeah. of have these like reasonings of like. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I would have told you at that time, like, I don't need
1: this. Right. But I definitely had that attitude. Yeah. I was essentially, I grew up under pastors who had been trained by the same ministry. Exactly. So So, I was like, all of their Bible school type, Mm -hmm. you know, come on Sunday nights and learn, you know, lessons and courses that they did was literally a miniature rhema. Totally. And... So I, I feel the same way. That's how mine was. Yeah. It, I mean,
0: I, I grew up in a church from pastors that had graduated there. Uh-huh. And the things that they talked about, I think it was just like on a loop in my head. Right. When I got there, it was like nothing had changed almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, some of the instructors were revolutionary to me. And mm-hmm. like some of their lessons still really stick with me. Yeah. Um, and I'm... I'm really grateful for that time. I just, yeah, it was just a really unique season of life. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I I felt the same. I loved starting in a new place and Mm -hmm. starting over. Yeah, And I had only been in St. Louis for a year before moving to Tulsa to go to Rhema. And what was funny about that was that my pastors had talked to me about going to Rhema when I was in high school Oh, I didn't know that. Because I was like, I'm I'm praying about like where I need to go. And they were like, you should really consider Rhema. And they had gone to Rhema and I was like, okay, cool. And they gave me like this brochure. I'll never forget this. I like left the church after that meeting. I got in my car. I threw it in my (laughs) backseat and I was like, I am not doing that.
1: (laughs) No, thank You you.
0: And I like drove off like, no, I'm never going to Uh Rome. And then like a year into being in the Dream Center, which I I needed to be there. But the Lord was like, you need to come to Tulsa. Like, let's try this again. And then you dug the brochure out of your back. And then I dug it it out of the trunk, (laughs) dusted it off and said, okay, maybe this is for me. And all of its graphic glory, I'm sure. Oh, man.
1: It was a sight to behold, for sure. For yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like they took pieces uh, of the carpet and yeah, put it just, in. <laughs> <laughs> through the fabric of our very being. <laughs> this maroon green carpet. I bet carpet. they still have that carpet and the gold plating on the, the walls. Well, they dug it up. They re, Did they re concrete or just relay the carpet? Oh, I don't know. It's been a while. It was a huge project. I saw like yeah, because it's maybe like two five hundred thousand square feet of that. So stuff. much, <laughs> so much, and it was just this bright green carpet with little pink dots mm-hmm. in a pattern, green and pink, and then the pink big broad like line, like line all the way around to frame. in the sanctuary. Yeah, that that was the running track. Yeah, yeah, for the rainbow runs. <laughs> the rainbow runs. <laughs> Thinking about it now, it sounds like someone has diarrhea. (laughs) Just the rainbow (laughs) runs. Just when you said that, it just hit me different. (laughs) I've got the rainbow runs. (laughs) Don't eat the cafeteria food, kids.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's so good. That's so good. But I I mean you're like the only one from that time in my life that I still talk to even like Rema mm-hmm. any, anyways like I don't I don't really think but yeah it's funny that we connected through serving tables which makes sense cuz when you do that I mean you form a bond with those people yeah you, you just naturally do yeah um which is crazy and then we were we had connected with our friend, Ashley friends, mm-hmm. Ashley Smash and Cash. Yep, and um, we had both connected with them separately, separately. for different things. So funny, yeah. And somehow we ended up connecting each other with different
1: things. And I think I can still vaguely remember the day that I found out that you also knew Ashley Karimi, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What?" Like it was this whole. <clears throat> Revelation. Because it was very bizarre. I yeah. had been going in a small group with the two Ashleys, mm-hmm. and then, and then separately, I was serving at Red Rock, so I knew you. You were going to Victory. And Ashley then- Scoville was going to Victor or singing at Victory. Okay, and that's how me and her connected. And then she was in the small the small group with us, mm-hmm. and then eventually we all transitioned. They transitioned from Life Church. Well, Cash did from Life Church to Victory,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and right around that time when she transitioned over, I moved away because we had met in a life group from Life Church. Okay, but yeah. then like found out like through on the back end, like we had all we all knew each other separately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so interesting. And then Cash, Ashley,
0: Creamy had. We had connected separately on our trauma. <laughs> yes. Our shared trauma. <laughs> shared trauma. That we went through. Yes. It's funny how trauma can connect Yes, you to other people. But yeah, we went to Chewy's, of course, of course. and had a um, a really great conversation. And I just immediately from that point, like, really looked up to her mm-hmm. and was drawn to her because she was helping me through that time. And... Yeah, I don't know. It just it's just so crazy how we even started being friends, but the fact that we like lived in different different cities and just kept in contact. I think that the things that kept us friends I know we didn't spend a lot of time together in Tulsa, you know, in a relative sense. I mean, if right. we've, we've been friends for 8 years and we really were only living in the same place for like a year and a half of that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then we just kept in contact over that time. Yeah. But we... I don't know. I think that the the spiritual connection of just like having a similar heart after God and being in similar seasons of life, all of us, it just mm-hmm. really like put our roots down yeah. with one another in a way. I mean, it was a God thing just from the beginning. But, yeah, you know, it was cool because I remember really not having a lot of great experiences with girl friendships growing up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had like a handful of them that I felt like were, were good friends of mine and and we didn't have any like drama or anything, but I didn't connect with people that much on like a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them anyway. And I had like some bad experiences with some girlfriendships. And so I think that I was really hungry for that in my life, but didn't really know how to articulate that. Yeah. And it was something that I found with you girls and it just made me feel safe, like at home, like knowing I had girlfriends because I tended to go towards guy relationships Mm because that was just easier for me. Right. Or what I thought was easier. (laughs) Right. Yeah, It was not. It was not. Yeah. It was not. Let's be clear. Not at all. Uh, Things can get real complicated real quick. Real fast. That way. Um, But yeah, I mean, just being able to connect on a spiritual level, I think was such a huge deal in our early days that kind of carried us through the long haul Mm -hmm. and us connecting, you know, with our girl trips and stuff over the years. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah, even in Tulsa, we had
1: some some deep moments. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of our girls group with Ashley. I remember showing up. I said I texted her and I said, "Hey, can I come like a little early than the rest of the girls?" She's like, "Yeah, sure. Come on, like come on over. I'll just be cooking us dinner or whatever." So I go over and I had <clears throat> had this guy come from out of town from a course back in Michigan visit me in Tulsa and of course he was dating somebody else. We totally <laughs> slept together and I, I like felt so much at home with, with Ashley that I was like, I have to admit something and I don't normally do this. Like I always get in these deep spirals of just shame and my third party self knowing, you know, the right answer, you know, what you did was wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think there is something just so healthy about cluing, clueing in other people because of course you already know it's wrong. Yeah. Like that's the, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you being your consciousness. Yeah. And, and you have, you know, you know, what's right and wrong. Right. You do. It's like embedded into like who you are, yeah. like spirit. And I was like, I have to tell you something. I was like, I I slept with Ken. I just did it. And she's like, Now, this might be too much, but she was like, oh my gosh, I slept with so-and-so. And And I'm like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like, so we also have bonded, had bonded over like our failings. Yeah. And it just gave me like this like I think the exactly what you articulated. I had so wanted strong girlfriends that would view things from a like just from a Christian realm. They'd come, they'd come to the table. Not with exactly the same background, but Mm -hmm. there'd be a moral compass there. Mm -hmm. And how can you expect for people to point you closer to Jesus if their own moral compass doesn't point them to Jesus? Right. And I just wanted friends. I needed good, godly girlfriends. And I have asked for that over the years. And moving from Tulsa back to Michigan, I mean... I probably just seemed desperate to you all because I was like, when are we hanging out on our next girl trip? When are we going somewhere? Cause there was just not that back in Michigan. Yeah. And I felt like it was, it was such an intentional season with the Lord that I needed to hear from him as opposed to filtering him through you guys. Yeah. Um, but I knew that like that was something like God created because I, I could not find that elsewhere and I tried and I was in ministry and high up in ministry and it's hard to have close girlfriends yep. that are in the same church that are under your pastors who are also your bosses and your spiritual leaders and you always then feel like there's a little bit of a, I have to always keep my pastoral hat and my leadership hat in my back pocket because at any moment I might have to put it on yep. and that does not breed vulnerability with people who don't understand the the weight of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I knew that all of you girls did. You were in leadership at a church. Ashley was in leadership at a church. Scoville was being her like gypsy wanderer self and <laughs> yeah. being everywhere, which I loved. So yeah. of course she was a safe place too because yeah. she wasn't, you know, committed under one voice. Um, but I know that having like God ordained friendships is something that once you know, and like, I was just like God. I want you to make it really clear, like who those people are, because I I want people to invest my life in, and vice versa. Yeah, you know, totally.
0: No, I think I think, really being honest with God about your desires. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I know as an as adult woman, it's easy to just get really comfortable in the current relationships that you have, and not make the effort. For new relationships Mm -hmm. or know how to get deep relationships, especially if you, you know, like move to a new place and you don't have people around you that you grew up with or people that had always been there. And then if you're trying to find a new relationship, it, that's a hard process to walk through as an adult because most people are set in their ways <laughs> right. they have their own way of doing things and it takes energy and effort to make friendships or ma- not even make friendships let's be real like maintaining friendships as an adult mm-hmm. takes a lot of energy and effort Hey babes, I wanted to take a quick break in this episode to let you know about something super fun that Nathan and I have recently found. If you're like me and him, figuring out what to do for date night can be really exhausting. And because of that, sometimes we end up doing the exact same things over and over or worse, we end up not having a date night at all. And one thing we found that helped us in this area is a book called The Adventure Challenge. This book comes with 50 fun, unique date ideas that are spontaneous and create lasting memories. Nathan and I have had so much fun with these simple but creative prompts that do all the planning for us. We can even pick our date based on budget, time needed, and so much more. And if you're not married, don't worry. There are books that are specifically made for friends, families, and even if you wanna do it solo, you can grab that book and go on a journey to learn more about yourself. And if you're like me, I do a terrible job of getting a physical documentation of fun memories like photo albums, scrapbooks, you name it. But this book makes it so easy to have a physical book with pictures and journal prompts that lets you document the night. And I personally love that about this book. To be able to flip through and see the journal prompts and the pictures, it just brings up all the fun memories from the dates that we got to do. And there are tons of options to choose from on the website to give you some extra adventure in your relationships. And today, our listeners can get 10% off any Adventure Challenge product by using the code FEARLESSCO at checkout on their website at www.theadventurechallenge.com. Use code FEARLESSCO, that's F-E-A-R-L-E-S-S-C-O at checkout to get 10% off any Adventure Challenge product. Seriously, you will love this book and it makes a great gift as well. The Adventure Challenge, your scratch off guide to adventure. It's essential to becoming who we are called to be because, you know, the Bible is very clear about iron sharpening iron. Yeah. And if you don't have someone that you know, you can be vulnerable with, like you're saying. Um, and you know, I think you do have to build up to a place of trust with people. I don't think you, you know, have your first couple coffee dates or whatever. And then you're just like, "Mm, I'm really, really struggling with this. You know, like, I mean, some people you can do that, but I think you have to, you know, you do have to use wisdom on who you're sharing things with. I'm not saying just share it with whoever, but when it comes to someone who's got a similar faith journey, or loves the Lord, or is passionate about the Lord, I don't think there's anything wrong with having those open conversations. I mean, I, I like I said like before, I think that's something that really drew our roots deep was able was us being able to bear our souls to one another mm-hmm. and openly share that because, like you were saying, with shame. I mean, if you're dealing with shame in your life, shame breeds in secrecy mm-hmm. and so if you're not exposing that to someone yeah. in a that's a safe place you're never going to get free of that right i mean you can go before the lord and talk to him and i do believe the lord can work in your heart but there is something powerful about releasing that to another person yeah so that it is out in the open mm-hmm. and it, having someone love you through those things is one of the most powerful things right right that you can you can deal with mm-hmm. you know and and honestly Ashley Creamy is so good at that I mean I've come to her with just some ridiculous things yeah and she's like so good at just being grace filled every time I I talk through things with her she's like okay and there's never like shock and awe on her face <laughs> like whenever <laughs> yeah. you know it doesn't matter what it is <laughs> she's like okay and you know we talk through those things yeah. and um you know. Me and you have like fumbled through that, I think, in just really having honest conversations with one another. But I think that, you know, you can't really have deep relationships unless you can be vulnerable with that person. Mm-hmm. And if you've never had a vulnerable conversation with that person, your your relationship probably isn't that that deep. Right. But that's the thing about relationships is there's a risk in all friendships, in any relationship that you have. Right. Where if you're not able to bear your soul or be open and honest about that with people that you truly trust and and want to be close to, then that's that's not really truly a a relationship. Yeah. And learning how to be vulnerable and also allowing other people to be vulnerable with you... Mm Are some of the most key things in friendship. You yeah. know, you have to be able to have honest conversations with one another. Like, yeah. it, it can't be one sided. It has to be you making the effort to go the extra mile with them. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like they're going
1: with you. Yeah. And like, how, I think, how much perfect of a picture do we have then of God Himself? Yeah. Like, if you think to yourself, well, I, do, I just don't know how to, how to be vulnerable. Literally look to your father. Yeah. Look to Jesus. I was, when you asked me to Mm. like be on this podcast, I was just thinking of, okay, God, like what is, like, what does friendship look like? Like, Mm -hmm. what are some characteristics of you that makes up what friendship is? Mm -hmm. And I just got struck with the idea that like God is the picture of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. He sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Knowing that, one, like, God is spirit, and yet God himself gave up all of who he was in heaven beforehand to step into what we look like mm-hmm. in order to save us. And, and just in knowing that there are people mm. out there who will never accept That Jesus is the Lord of their life and that he came to save them. And yet, as much as God is not doing anything else about the sin problem in the sense of like, he already put his word down, like I've I've saved you from it, you just have to receive it. Yeah. But he yet will continue to pursue those people through other people, through friendships, through relationships, through his own like, you know, interventions. And he's in constant pursuit of the hearts of his people, knowing that there will be some that will, will spend their lives here on earth refusing them. That is vulnerability. He's literally, he puts out his heart constantly. Yeah. And so if like, if you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how to be vulnerable, it's, you know, a stupid, catchy phrase, but like, what, what does the Lord do for you? Vulnerability wise in areas where you might be failing. And you know you're failing. I know I'm failing in some areas. And yet the Lord's going to continue to pursue me. And then on the opposite side, you also think of that iron sharpens iron. We, we, You know, you hear the verse like, so like iron sharpens iron, you know, so sharpens a friend. And you're like, aw. <laughs> but if you actually think about like, what is happening when iron is sharpening iron? Like, think to like the sti- like steel mill where there is a grinding happening. Mm-hmm. It is not a pretty process. it often has like fill like filament that like comes out and you know it's dirty like people who work with iron are not like pristine clean the whole time right like there is a grinding that is happening and what's happening in relationship as they as iron sharpens iron in, within friendships, it's like this grinding out of everything that is not of Jesus is happening because yeah. that other person is calling out kingdom culture, like, because you are spirit and you have been born again, but it says it's a continual process that we are still being saved. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we still will be saved when Jesus comes back.
0: Yeah, working on our So salvation.
1: there is like this grinding out of everything that's not of him and and. Spiritual growth happens in the context of relationship. Like, yes, you can learn from the Lord, obviously, just being alone, but then why else would he have us have relationship? Why is God himself in a, in a threefold relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit? There is something that happens within the context of relationship that cannot help like happen solo. So within that iron sharpens iron, you're just grinding out everything that doesn't look like him and it calls out things that, it calls you out to be the best you. in And what's really in you is who the Lord's created you to be. Yeah. Like to help you look more like Jesus. And ultimately looking more like Jesus isn't just the only goal. And that's kind of semantics. But I think it's just, it's not as pretty of a process. No. And so that's why when you think of iron sharpens iron, it's like your whole relationship isn't just going to be surface level we agree and everything is great (laughs) right because that's not what ironing sharpening iron looks like and if the bible puts it that way then there's gonna be there's gonna be a rub sometimes in order for that grinding out to happen and and that's that's how it's designed to be i mean you mentioned earlier like you know, as adults to maintain friendships, it's a different muscle than it was in high school. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah. In high school, you're with your friends five days a week, eight hours a day, plus sports, plus, you know, after school clubs, right. plus band, plus, you know, weekends when you hang out. Yeah. Like you don't have to flex your muscle a lot to maintain a relationship. You no. just have to make sure you see each other in between your class periods. And if you were like me with my best friend when we were in school, we had every class together senior year because we purposefully did it that way. Right. So it's different when you're an adult and you realize that now you have two opposing schedules and those schedules don't align ever. It takes intentionality in order to maintain those friendships as well.
0: Totally. I mean, it's so good. I think if you... Really analyze... I mean, we talk about it a lot in romantic relationships, but, you know, kind of the fairy tale or the fantasy that we have around finding our spouse or... Yep. <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, you know, the fantasy we have around who we're going to marry and how we're going to find that person and what our marriage is going to look like and how it should look and all of these things. You know, I mean... That's the problem, I think, with some of the expectations we have around friendship as well. Mm -hmm. As far as, you know, we see in culture how friends work and how friendships work, Mm -hmm. and we internalize that and set those unrealistic expectations on our friendships. Yeah. When really it's just doing life together and you know yes pushing one another towards that goal of becoming more like Christ but also allowing one another to be yourself mm-hmm. in that moment yeah and not trying to fix you know i don't want to confuse what i was saying earlier as you know you trying to fix that person or like right you know Ashley was never trying to fix me you were never trying to fix me you were helping guide me on that path mm-hmm. of what was right and what was was wrong mm-hmm. um and being able to have those conversations with one another, I think are just so, so important. Yeah. Um, if all of your talking about with your friends is your outfits, you know, what music you're listening to or like what the weather is like, or, you yeah. know, those conversations are fine. But if that's the only thing that you're talking about, I would challenge you to take it a step deeper. Yeah. And, you know, vulnerability is not something that comes easily to everybody. Like you were saying, I think that, you know, you don't, you're not probably going to show up to your next coffee date with your friend or your night hanging out and just bear all of your secrets to them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. I mean, everybody has like different stages that they're, they're coming from of like where they want to share. Yeah. But I would challenge people that the places where you feel the most shame and the places that you're most scared about bringing people into your life yeah. are probably the places where you need to talk to someone about the most, so that yeah. you can experience true freedom in that area.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. You know, the Bible talks about like confess your sins to one another, and I think like within that, it, there's this power in being able to expose that to someone, yeah. and be in a place where they're not judging you, but they're they're you know saying okay what can I do to support you? Or how can we work through this? Like, I'm going to be there for you totally. and really making that decision that you're committing yourself to that person. Um, or even, you know, maybe you don't even say that, but just, I truly care about this person and what is caring a- about this person look like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'll never forget the day when I was, um, you know, in a relationship with my ex-boyfriend and, he had um cheated on me and i this was before i found out about some other things that had been going on but i had shared with you this you know thing that had happened and I had made that decision afterwards to stay with him. I thought that that was the right thing to do and that I was going to be the bigger person and we were going to walk through this and we had only been dating like a year. Like it wasn't even that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had happened. And I really thought that I was doing the right thing by staying with him. Mm-hmm. But you were seeing things from an outside perspective that I just wasn't seeing. And you sitting me down in Starbucks and telling me that I deserve better and that that it wasn't the right choice for me to be with him. Um, that upset me in that moment. Like, we were both crying. We
1: were both yeah. angry. <laughs> I literally left the table and had to go into the bathroom because I was weeping. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I was so upset. I mean, I was so upset. And I, I really got defensive mm-hmm. and did not handle that, that conversation well I think we both were navigating that, because um, I'm not really a a conflict positive person like I don't mm-hmm. I don't love it, yeah, and especially in that season of my life, it was really difficult because I didn't know how to have conflict well in yeah. a relationship, and that that's I didn't have any idea that that was actually a healthy part of a relationship. My only mentality towards conflict was a negative emotion, mm-hmm. Uh, Or a negative feeling, I should say, of, like, that shouldn't happen. Like, if in a good relationship, fights don't happen or we don't disagree. And that could not be farther from the truth. Like, if we only have people around us that agree with everything that we're doing and only have yes-men around us. And if you are a yes-man, like, you need to reevaluate yourself because (laughs) that is not true friendship. Yeah. You know? And it did hurt me when you had that conversation but there's a verse in um, Proverbs, and I don't know it off the top of my heart or head. But um, it's it talks about how faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's that aspect that true friends they may come at you with things that are hard to hear, mm-hmm. but that's because they are your true friends. Yeah. And if you think that you're in a a deep, committed relationship with somebody, but you've never had conflict? Like, you're you're kidding yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that was a hard pill for me to swallow over the years was to really register that. But I, after, you know, that relationship obviously went down in the dumps (laughs) and ended, thank God, Mm -hmm. there was this relief that came over me and this understanding that you were right. And I don't think I really told you that For a long time after. I mean, it took me some time to really understand where you are coming from with that Mm -hmm. and to know why you said that to me. Um, But after I figured out that it wasn't because you were judging me or you just thought that I was stupid, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, it was coming from a friend who was saying, I love you too much to let you walk down this path. And I care deeply about where you're headed and where your future is going. Yeah. And this what is going on, this thing is not going to get you there. Yeah. And as I as time went on, I realized how valuable that experience was and how grateful I was because there was only you and one other friend. And it this wasn't a knock necessarily to my other friends at the time. I think that you and and my other friend who who talked to me about it had a unique perspective on what was going on mm-hmm. and was truthfully able to speak into my life in this area and so there's that too I think that some people have a can have an opinion about things and other people don't necessarily have that right but you know you guys did and I allowed you to have that Mm -hmm. you know I um I couldn't handle the heat at the time (laughs) (laughs) but I'm so glad that I was able to walk through that and and really evaluate that from, you know, separate myself from the offense that I took from that conversation and Mm -hmm. look and say what is actually true about what Nicole was saying. And as I really analyzed that, I figured out like, oh my gosh, like she was saying it from love, from care, from respect. And I would want to say the same thing to her if the, the, you know, the seats
1: were flipped. Yeah. Yeah. I remember sitting like, I remember exactly like which Starbucks where we were at and what table we were sitting at. And I remember as all the other and all the other, we had like two or three other friends with us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not like we had a, (laughs) uh, like a Coliseum full. Yeah. Um, But as I was listening to everyone else sort of like, you know, Oh Sarah, like we, you know, like, well, we love you and we're so sorry. And like, They were showing empathy and maybe sympathy and encouragement that we are, we're with you in your decision. I can remember just feeling this onslaught (laughs) and I know when this happens and it's different from my own perspective. When I think something's wrong, personally, I don't get the same feeling, but it felt like this like internal, like righteous anger building up like yeah. in defense of my friend <laughs> like yeah. my future friend sarah is gonna be mad at me if i don't say something right now no yeah. but i really do feel like it was like this righteous anger from the lord of like that's my daughter and she deserves better and i remember i remember crying because i was just so nervous about telling you and i think now that i'm thinking back on it too, what you said specifically was like this is what happened And my decision is this. Mm -hmm. It was almost like you were just informing us of what was happening. Like this was a, this could have been a text message, telegram. Like (laughs) here's what happened. Here's what I've decided. Package it all up and send it off to all my friends. Right. And I, I wonder if, I haven't really thought of it until this moment actually. That if, I wonder if what was also going on was this like. Maybe wondering of like, she's made this decision without any input. Mm-hmm. Like this is, she's made this decision on her own without any external insight. Yeah. And I don't even know if that's true. I, pro- I probably did. I don't know who I would have consulted if it wasn't you girls. Which, which then was like, if we're your friends... why wouldn't you have brought us in on the decision-making process as opposed to just the informative, this is what I've decided, Yeah, you know? And I know we've talked about like, you know, maybe some history of why making decisions when it is in relation to guys had always been kind of a source of shame and, and, and um, doubt in yourself. And that might've influenced all of that. But I think it was between this like, thanks for the update, I guess, You know, like, yeah, it's sort of, it was very like informative and I didn't feel that more at the time, but I'm thinking back to it. I wonder if that's what I was also feeling outside of this. Like my daughter deserves better than this, you know, like she deserves, yeah, which is all true. Um, Well, I think too, sometimes
0: you can just see through the bull crap. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when you really know somebody, you're like. No. (laughs) This is a bunch of crap. And like, I'm not, (laughs) you are delirious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that I legitimately felt in that moment that staying with him was the stronger
1: Christian. I remember. Right decision. Yeah. Yeah. I remember how, I remember how on your side, I guess, like as I'm, as I'm like processing through it too, like. I remember how absolute mm-hmm. you were in your decision because that's what it was. Like, it was a decision that you were informing us about. And I could feel how concrete that was. Yeah. Like, nothing anybody was going to say was going to change your mind. But for some reason, I still couldn't just be like a, oh, well, then I'll, I'll love you. <laughs> and so, like, good for you. You know, yeah. like, show him Jesus, you know? Yeah. Um. And maybe maybe I could have handled it better as well. Like I think back too of like even getting up from the table and crying. I was like, Nicole, that moment was not (laughs) about you at all (laughs) but like I was just feeling it. It's hard. Yeah. It's not a fun conversation. No. In a public place, yeah, <laughs> we were in the literally in the center of the Starbucks. We weren't like yeah. off to the side, like no we're were, booth. We were at the center table, and I remember crying too. I was
0: like, "Why are you doing?" I don't even know what I said. I really don't know what I said after you did that.
1: We were a but hot I mess. mean
0: that was like the thing. Like I, I'm glad that you were there and able to like really have some goggles to to see through you know just the crap that was that I was saying and yeah. i think that you know that's that was this is a whole different topic but as christian women you know you get into this martyr mentality <laughs> of like i'm i'm just this i'm going to stick it out i'm going to stay through the pain mm-hmm. and suck it up cuz yeah. god's with me right. and you know half glass full like <laughs> we're going to figure this out yeah. and it's like no use your brain yeah. if he's If he's doing that (laughs) now, one year in... Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, if he's doing that while you're dating and you don't even have like, a ring on your finger, like, and you, yes. it, you know, it just, it doesn't make sense that that's ever going to stop, and yeah. what's crazy is, like, I didn't break up with him after that. It was like, I'm going to do it even harder, right. you know, like, i was <laughs> just like, I'm going to prove her wrong. <laughs> I'm going to prove her wrong. <laughs> Screw you, Nicole. Exactly, and I, like, dug my heels in. I yeah. mean, I really did, like, I yeah. was, like, I went the opposite direction mm-hmm. of, like, what we had talked about, and not that I, like, committed to you, like, okay, I'll break up with him, but right. I was just no, like, no. it was just, I was angry. Yeah. And I was going to prove you wrong. Yeah. And, you know, of course, a month later, it went up in, I mean, just a complete, uh, in complete flames. Yeah. I mean, it was just like, there was no stopping it. Like, yeah. nothing could have been done. Yeah. And it just blew up in my face.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I remember just being so angry at that moment. <laughs> and you know at the time i i mean now looking back like the anger was really covering up the pain i was feeling mm-hmm. but it was just like this how could he treat me like that how yeah. could he do that to me yeah. you know after finding out what i found out about the secret life that he'd been living like it was it was devastating
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i could have run the other direction from you guys yeah. in shame yeah in being like oh my God, they're going to think I'm an idiot. They were right this whole time. But y'all never made me feel that way. No. When we kept hanging out and you guys were so supportive and, and there with me the entire time, there was no, I told you so. There yeah. was no, you know, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. None of that stuff. It was yeah. just a loving response to the pain that I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and I'm not in any way saying that this was my fault. I, I don't believe that at all, but you know, I just think that that just made me realize that you guys were the real ones, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, and I, I was just at that point, just eternally grateful for y'all's friendship um, with me. And, you know and we've talked about this too like even even all four of us and you and me like our personalities <laughs> on paper are so different yeah and there's just like no reason that we would be friends really in like a different scenario i think than how we like met and and got to know each other right um we just chose to really dig our heels in with one another yeah yeah and you know i'm an extrovert enneagram 2 wing 3 I love going after stuff and, like, I'm very people-pleasing and, (laughs) like, you know, it's just, I'm I'm an ENFJ. Like, I'm all of those things. Um, And so, you know, in a way, like, the opposites, you know, attract sort Mm -hmm. of thing. But I think that having... Those characteristics and having people that are very different from you and aren't on paper the same exact as you is so important. And two, I think that oftentimes we spend so much time looking for the people around us that we could invest in that way without really growing ourselves in those areas and Mm -hmm. saying, Am I a safe place for someone to come to? Like, am I dealing with the issues in my heart? to where I I wouldn't judge someone if right. they were to come to me with those things
1: and I wouldn't yeah. shame them. Right. I remember I was just as you were wrapping that up, I was thinking I don't think she like ran like I'm surprised you told us that that happened the second time when it was a month later. Yeah. Because I think typically I would have assumed you would have felt well, then Nicole's not a safe space to tell this to because she's the one that called me out, you know? Um, But I was just thinking back, like, I never once thought, like, i told her so. I was, like, truly heartbroken. And, like, I was feeling just as shocked that he would do that Having seen the signs, pointed them out, and then we moved on. Yeah. And been just as shocked that he would have, like, continued. Right. And being with you in that. Mm -hmm. And not from this superior place of, like, I'm going to sort of, like, sympathize because, like, you're my friend, but I was also very <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? I just... I was heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, how freaking dare he, yeah. you know? Like, that's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And I just have to, like, if, if, if you're, like, listening and you're thinking through... I, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm hoping is happening, that they're thinking through their relationships, those people that they're closest with and Mm -hmm. they're kind of gauging what are the left, like where am I at with these friends? Like are these shallow friends? Do I have a mile wide of friends an inch deep Mm -hmm. where I don't have anyone that I can be vulnerable with? Yeah. Or do I actually have that inch wide of friends a mile deep Mm -hmm. where I've got some deeply rooted relationships or am I somewhere in between? I have some that are, I mean they're throwaways. I mean if, we didn't hang out for a couple months, I yeah. really wouldn't hear from them again because there's no roots there. Yeah, I'm hoping that you're thinking through your relationships and if there's somebody that you wouldn't feel, if you have something going on and you don't feel like you could go to them without challenging the relationship, you know, mm-hmm. like if I went to them with this, like I think they'd walk away. Yeah. Then I would, I would reevaluate that relationship.
0: Hey babes, I hate to cut this conversation off right here. I know that it we were getting into some really good stuff, but I felt like this was a good place to pause it because we ended up talking for a little bit longer and I didn't want to overload you with too much information in one episode. So we will have the next part of this conversation uploaded to next week's podcast. So definitely be on the lookout for that. But I hope that this episode encouraged you no matter where you're at in your friendships. I just pray that God has given you some um, just ideas on how to deepen the relationships in your life. Um, And knowing that no matter what your friendships look like, some of them can be messy and we get that, um, but they can also be beautiful. And so I hope that you are encouraged wherever you're at in your relationships. And as always, I would love to have your feedback on this episode. You can always go into Apple Podcasts and rate and review. That is so helpful to this podcast. And also, if you have feedback about it, I would love to hear from you. And you can email me at info, I-N-F-O, at Co, which is F-E-A-R-L-E-S-S-C-O dot O-R-G. If you want to email me, give me feedback, let me know about some prayer requests that you have, I would love to be there for you. So please feel free to reach out at any time. And I hope that you enjoyed this, this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back here next week for the Brave Babe podcast. Stay brave, babes. Thank you.